0: Bitcoin at 10,000, gold breaking 1,400, the Fed making it clear that money will get cheaper, whispers about the Section 232 report, crooked cops, billionaire tech miners, and more. This is episode 24 of Bizarro World. I am your host, Gerardo Del Real, along with my co host, the world famous Mr. Nick Hodge. Nick, how are you?
1: Summer Gerardo. Happy to be here. How are you?
0: I am great. Thank you for asking. Thank you for taking time, too. I know you're in the field, in the wild, out in the open, per se. So, thank you.
1: Hey, you might hear some background noises. There's some people walking around. But uh, you know what they say in showbiz, Gerardo. The show must go on.
0: The show must go on. Let's get right to it. Um, We've talked about for the past several months the Fed's willingness um, to blink, bend, break, fold, Call it what you want to call it. Money's going to get cheaper. Um, The Fed is boxed in. It all but said that in this week's meeting. Everybody now anticipates a cut in July. It's something that Outsider Club readers, subscribers to your services and mine have known since late last year. We've been telling people that the Fed would blink, that you would see rate cuts, not rate hikes by the end of the year. And sure enough, that's where we're at. Any thoughts on the Fed, Mr. Hodge?
1: I just think continuing to lose credibility by the day, right? Almost double speak coming out of their mouths talking about um, or not indicating any formal cuts in 2019, but we could loosen the policy depending on what happens. I mean, it's complete double speak and anyone that has a brain is seeing right through it, I'd have to say at this point.
0: Absolutely agree. I think another point worth noting is what happened overseas. The ECB Mario Draghi um, did what, again what I, what we've said for years was going to happen after after months and months and a year almost of saying that you know the 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 euro the eurozone economy was healthy and chugging along and that you know they were going to ease off the monetary easing um, did a complete 360 and said that they're now open to purchasing, of course, more mm-hmm. bonds. And more stocks. Deutsche Bank is now um, flirting once more with the idea of creating a bad bank, which is hilarious because it shows there's actually an appetite for a bad bank where they would take all of its worst assets and create a new bank out of them. I think it's the funniest thing on the planet, except that it's not so funny because we've seen what happens in 2008, right?
1: no it would be laughable except it's not right and yeah i think we've talked about this before careful what you wish for with gold right because yeah we see how fast it went to 1400 but if you see gold break out like some are expecting much higher than that there are very other serious issues that are going to be under pinning that or underlying that or whatever words you want to use so there's going to be some other economic problems if we truly get um you know gold ripping past two thousand dollars let's not put the cart in in front of the horse though and let's and let's take it as it comes but the fact of the matter is um what's happening gerardo is is something that you've said was going to happen for a while and you should talk about it a little bit everything is rising together and that is a sign of the devil
0: absolutely you know a couple of podcasts ago i uh i started the podcast by saying on your marks get set go and 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 then i reference that that was the biggest bubble in the history of bubbles that's coming in all asset classes right and it's it's a pivot it's a pivot away from the public sector into private assets and that includes blue chip stocks that includes bitcoin cryptos that includes collectibles and art and real estate in in states where taxes are Does it include low. fake meat? It absolutely includes fake meat. Why? Because it's a publicly traded company that's going to give you a slight dividend. And in a world where in Germany, the 10 year is now negative 0.3, a historic low, Hey, a 2% dividend or a one and a half percent dividend or a 3% dividend on a, on a liquid stock is a whole hell of a lot more attractive, right? (laughs) So unfortunately, yes, the answer is it does include fake meat.
1: Well, and it includes Bitcoin and gold, right? Because everybody says that, um, you know, bitcoins a, or gold's a pet rock. Doesn't yield anything. Doesn't kick off earnings. Doesn't generate cash flow. But you know what it doesn't do? It doesn't return a negative yield.
0: That's correct. Which makes it what? A positive, right?
1: <laughs> That's in a negative rate environment.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, it's, means it's, that, seems, that means
1: it's yielding infinity.
0: Exactly. It seems like common sense. If you're a life insurance company, if you're a hedge fund, if you're a a a, a sovereign wealth fund um, you know, pick your poison. And again, it doesn't take, we don't need people to allocate our funds to allocate 10, 15, 20%, some of the crazy, you know, estimates that, 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 that I hear people rattle off. We need, we need three to 5% of a big funds portfolio to consist of gold and gold is headed, you know, past 1400 straight to 1550. And once it hits 1550, you're going to see, you know, the staircase effect where it's 1650, it's 1900, and yeah, I'll, I'll put it right here on this podcast on June the 21st, 2019. Before it's all said and done, in the next four to seven years, you will see three to five thousand dollar gold.
1: Um, well, there's going to be lots underpinning that, as we just said, so we'll see how it all plays out. You mentioned insurance companies and I would just say real quickly, um, you know, large financial institutions like insurance companies that offer things like annuities, uh, which I happen to have just done, so I want to comment on real quick, mm-hmm. they offer you a guaranteed return, right? Cool. So if I if I set up an annuity for my parents and I put in whatever the number is, they're guaranteeing me like three or four times that by the end of my parents' lifetime, guaranteed income for life for my parents, right? And my mom's a stubborn old Italian. She's going to live to 100, so they're <laughs> going to lose money anyway. But anyway. Good
0: food and good um, wine to do that for you. How, how can... Th- <laughs>
1: how can they guarantee a return if the uh, if they're getting negative rates they can't so they have to go into something else which is what you just said i just wanted to give an example
0: you're 100% correct and again right now you know these life insurance companies these 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 funds a lot of them have a mandate where they cannot dabble in the gold space. I actually believe I've talked about, uh, to subscribers of junior mining monthly, and now I will start plugging my service. Cause I think now is exactly the right time, but you know, whether, whether you're signing up to Nick's early advantage or Nick's notebook or junior mining monthly, pick a service, um, and start doing your research where I was going with all that is I've been telling readers for years that when this geopolitical storm Started to really manifest, and the dominoes started to fall. Like they now are starting to fall. We're going to see institutions, financial institutions, completely overhauled. Some will disappear, and some will completely restructure the way they approach the investment landscape. That will include a mandate that now will allow them, I believe, to dabble in gold and one day even cryptos. Believe that, if, if believe that or not, uh, that's up to you. But I think you know that's further away. Gold, I think, is actually closer than a lot of people anticipate because of what you just said. If you're getting a guarantee as someone that has put up money into an annuity, um, whatever that guarantee is, if it's more than negative rates, that's not sustainable. This is just math, people. This isn't you know some, some crazy rocket science concept that I came up with. It's just mathematics. Uh,
1: the writing's on the wall.
0: Writings on the wall. Bitcoin 10,000. Um, it's, you know, kind of like gold 1400, right? It, it danced right. together. I said a month ago, we said a month ago on this podcast that gold and Bitcoin would hold hands towards, you know, 1400 and 10,000 and that, you know, frankly, that the dollar would hold up and there's been some dollar weakness, but Again, those people that are screaming death to the dollar, be careful what you wish for. It's not time for that yet. We need gold, we need Bitcoin, and we need the dollar to rise together. So any thoughts on on cryptos and Bitcoin specifically?
1: Uh, Similar to gold, we've been saying it for weeks now. Capital is clearly looking for a safe haven. Um, They fed at the trough of global equity markets for 10 years and we know they could still go up higher. The S&P is, is back at a record but money is starting to churn i mean it just is whether that's because of all the things we just talked about or it's because of whatever trump ready to drop bombs over tehran or um all the things that are that are lining up and going on in in global markets the same thing is 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 driving cryptocurrencies and specifically um Bitcoin, you know, we don't have to rehash all the countries that have gone through currency crises this year, but you can bet that they were they were trying to get some some money into cryptocurrencies as a way to, to transfer monetary assets secretly with without fees. And you have to only think that's going to increase as the global uh, geopolitical uh, financial and economic situation continues um, to Let's call it deteriorate. And one other thing I want to talk about is um, things are, are coming um, on the, let's call it the back end of finance that are greasing the gears for cryptos. You have bigger banks cre- creating exchanges now, right? The real players, right? Um, you, have, you had Facebook come out this week with a cryptocurrency called Libra that they're going to use to track you and monetize you more than they already do. Um, As if being from,
0: a part of an algorithm wasn't enough, right?
1: Right. Now they're going to digitize your information and sell it to advertisers on a stable coin. So and you're fuck gonna, that company.
0: And you're going to thank them for it, people. We have to start thinking a little bit more critically is all I got to say.
1: Yeah, but so people are much smarter than me in the crypto space. Believe me, I'm not a crypto expert. But what I've read since this Libra thing has come out is that it's a stable coin. It's it's not a, a, a mineable coin Uh, Like Bitcoin and Ethereum are. And so, in order to conduct transactions and in order to have value, the Libra coin or Facebook, however you want to call that, is going to be a buyer of Bitcoin to facilitate its transactions. So, um, I don't know if you guys follow Max Kaiser out there. I followed Max Kaiser for a long time. He was calling Benedict Arnold.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The gold bugs hate him. So, for those of you not familiar with Max Kaiser, this was one of the most ardent gold bugs out there. And when Bitcoin and cryptos came along, he switched teams because apparently we can only be on one team, right? Um, and, and he switched teams. And this poor guy has been called everything um, <laughs> in the book. So, that's Max Kaiser. He's now a big uh, crypto backer went from a goldbacker, said, that's old news. This is the new stuff. All right, continue. Sorry, Nick. I just wanted to provide a bit of context there.
1: No, that's all right. And we could put a link up to his show. It used to be on in the US. He was uh, too uh, abrasive, let's say, to maintain his uh, media accounts and such here in the US. So he was on Russia Today for a bit. And I don't know if he hosts his own show on MaxKaiser.com or whatever. But anyway, he's still highly relevant. I regard him as as highly intelligent and and someone who's able to sort of see through the markets but he was saying that mark zuckerberg is like satoshi's uh puppet right he's he thinks he's going to uh, you know displace bitcoin or whatever but really libra is going to end up as a buyer of and dependent on bitcoin so you know very interesting and again i'm neither a gold bug nor a, a bitcoin or crypto bug but when the writing's on the wall, the writing is on the wall. And so this crypto stuff can go, can go much higher. Uh, clearly, it was, at, it was almost $20,000 two years ago and we're only halfway there now. And uh, there are fewer uh, Bitcoins available to be mined now and the hash rate is approaching uh, an all-time high. So it's, we're in a bull market, man.
0: We are absolutely in a bull market. Again, it's uh, asset bubbles everywhere, right? You with right? me, Gerardo? Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I absolutely agree with you Nick. It's a, it's a it's a bull market for a lot of things. Um you talked about capital flight and capital starting to shift um away from bonds. The 10-year fell below here in the US below 2%. I believe it closed at 2.03 as a Friday afternoon. Um, again, 203 is a whole heck of a lot better than negative 0.3. So again, just common sense. I don't have to be the brightest bulb in the box. If the U S 10 year offers you 2%, let's say it goes down to 1.5, one and a half percent. And the alternative is the German version at negative 0.3. Where's the money going to go?
1: Well, it's clear, clear. but and There's something else I want to say. I want to. I want to just talk about momentum for a second because I should have said it when I was talking about Bitcoin and it slipped my mind. But <laughs> hey, you think Bitcoin went to went to nineteen thousand dollars in 2012 because of fundamentals? Do you think gold went to nineteen hundred dollars an ounce in 2008 nine because of fundamentals? No, that's pile on buying. That's that's bandwagon jumping. Once the move has already started, so. um The guys who are buying gold now, the guys who are buying... Uh, Bitcoin and, and related stocks now, they're the early movers, the so-called whatever, early adopters, smart money, or whatever. But you wait. You wait till crypto, you wait till Bitcoin goes up another $2,000 and it's in the headlines every day. You wait till gold goes to $1,450, $1,500 and it's in the headlines every day. And you don't see if the Momo brothers jump on these trades just like they did before. And that's when the fun really starts, right? Because they're momentum chasers. They're not fundamental guys and they're looking at charts and the shit's going up by you know X amount every day. And, and that's when stuff snowballs. And that's when real money is made. Um, and I think we're, we're getting close to that, right?
0: It's fear and it's greed. It's always worked that way. It always will. And, yeah. um, the greed part hasn't kicked in yet. The, it's not,
1: we're not even close yet. Yeah. It's
0: not even close yet. And neither is the fear part, but I see both coming simultaneously, Nick. And again, there's, there's deeper, more serious implications than just making money. Um, but for the purpose of this show and this, this podcast, um, it's going to be absolutely incredible from that perspective, but you have to position yourself now, if you're going to speculate in the crypto space. And we've been saying this, we highlighted a company here two months ago when it was trading at 26 cents, hydro 66 it's trading. I think it closed at 67, 68 cents Canadian today with runway, with lots of room to run. Um, if you're going to speculate in the crypto space, if you're going to speculate in the resource space, the time to do it is now. If you people are out there listening and you're thinking or considering this, don't do it when gold is seventeen hundred. Don't do it when Bitcoin hits thirty thousand. Go do some research right now. Go subscribe to your favorite newsletter writer, um, your favorite publishing group, whatever you whatever you follow, and just start right writing down some ideas, get some speculative capital, and start dabbling because this is where the money is going to be made. If not, you are the people that Nick and I will sell to in three or four years.
1: No doubt, just like people are uh, you know, talking at the water cooler about um, fake meat stocks or the Slack IPO or whatever the most recent tech big IPO is that calls um, you know, people to have uh, casual conversation around that will be what's happening with gold and Bitcoin soon. People will be around the, co- the cooler saying, Hey, should we buy gold at 1800? Should we buy gold at 2000 or whatever it is? And 100% you need to be in before that. I have to tell just a very short story. So I was at the dinner the other night uh, with a bunch of smart guys, um, guys I know, private school educated, gainfully employed, et cetera. The conversation went to the finance of gold, Bitcoin, et cetera. And there was one guy who's just poo pooing gold. So, you know, I start. Start ruffling his feathers a little bit. (laughs) So I was throwing him some questions, giving him some facts or whatever. And he just starts talking about how. You know, gold isn't worth anything. It's an ancient relic. You can't walk into any place and buy something with it. And, you know, he thought it was only trading for for seven or eight hundred dollars an ounce or whatever. So (laughs) um, and and this isn't this isn't an individual who's not plugged into what's going on, who doesn't have a nine to five or whatever. I mean, this is, you know, just what I'm saying is that the average person is not paying attention. And when they when they do, that's when the real money is going to be made. And they will.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Let's talk about real money. Let's talk about billionaires. There's a California company that is backed by Bill Gates and Amazon billionaire, Mr. Jeff Bezos, that has been staking claims in Saskatchewan looking for cobalt. Um, That is interesting. So public records show faith in Gravity Holdings, which is registered in B.C., staked its mineral claims earlier this month. And so, you know, this, this company has raised money from some of the wealthiest people. This venture capital firm, Cobalt um, Metals, has raised more money from the California venture capital firm, Andreessen Horowitz, um, as Breakthrough Energy. It's a two-year-old fund backed by Gates, Bezos, Richard Branson, and Michael Bloomberg. That's big boy money. Um, it's interesting to me that we are finally getting at a point where billionaires realize, Oh shit, we make a lot of stuff. We need the materials to continue to make a lot of stuff. Let's get to the source of it. Thoughts on, on, on whether that accelerates.
1: And need to source that stuff in a sustainable and accountable manner. Uh, otherwise risk offsetting, uh, the clean tech and carbon gains made from the technology those things are used for. Did I make any sense? Let me say it again.
0: Absolutely. Say it again.
1: (laughs) So they want a car that emits no farts out of the back of it. Um, well, you can't do that without making a battery and you can't make the battery without the nickel and the graphite and the cobalt and the lithium. And you can't get that stuff without, <laughs> what running a heavy diesel equipment to mine it out of the earth. And so what that negates the emissions when you, when you factor in the entire life cycle, which no numbskulls have done yet, but which they're starting to, um, and so yes it's going to continue right um, we've said this before you and i have written about it why would you want to go out and make a feel good decision to buy a toyota prius when the cobalt came from a from a 6 year old child barefooted mining that mining that cobalt in the congo it doesn't,
0: missing an arm. it doesn't yeah
1: it doesn't it doesn't make logical sense it does not compute and so yes life cycle emissions are going to become a thing soup to nuts how much emissions were emitted mining the lithium refining uh whatever the the graphite um turning the graphite into graphene to become a heat sink for that battery what was the carbon emissions of uh, uh of of that process and um and if you want to go all the way down how much coal was burned to charge that battery or was it a emission free nuclear and so all that stuff all that stuff just like just like you're seeing people talk about Bitcoin now, and we were talking about it, whatever, weeks ago. You're going to see people talk about life cycle emissions. You're going to see car companies want to become um, perhaps owners of the supply chain, as we've seen uh, Elon Musk try to do. Um, and that means um, assets in good jurisdictions are going to need financed.
0: And they're going to be financed, and they're going to be financed at a premium. And you know, quick point on Elon Musk: we've talked in the past on this on this podcast how polarizing he is. It's interesting to me that the people that dislike him <laughs> cannot deny that everything he dabbles into becomes the thing five years later, right? I remember the naysayers um, when he said he was getting into the electric vehicle business, um, and you know, we can we can have a debate about how often he's late and how much he over promises and under delivers, but he does deliver eventually. And when I hear him say that he's going to look into getting into mining um, and I see funds that are backed by billionaires like Richard Branson and Michael Bloomberg and Bill Gates. And I see companies like cobalt metals, which, which raised the money from um, that venture capital firm, you know, they're talking about Re- rebuilding the world's energy infrastructure completely within the next 50 years and you know the last the last comment from the release it read um the ceo said it's a very interesting area for us he was talking about saskatchewan he said there's no doubt about that we're very serious about it we intend to invest a lot in it but this is just one of many 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 regions kobold is exploring So again, you have a company here that's got billionaire backers that are willing to write big checks and you have the CEO in this company saying, um, we're absolutely going to invest a lot of money and we're going to invest a lot of money in a lot of places. So again, you wanna get ahead of a trend people, seek out companies that have critical metals that have them in safe jurisdictions that have good relationships with locals and with the governments that they're operating in. And you're going to do very, very well and make yourself a lot of money in this cycle. I believe Mr. Hodge called it the electrification of everything a couple of years ago at a new Orleans investment conference. So that's what I'm going with.
1: Yeah. I've been buying electric car stocks since before anyone had ever heard of Tesla. It's not going away anytime soon. And, um, we're going to need we're going to need supply chains to, to come up with the, the ingredients sustainably. And so huge, huge mega trend for sure.
0: Agreed. Let's talk about racist fucking cops. No surprise there.
1: <laughs> in which state on which day? That's- Let's just
0: keep it to Pennsylvania. and Let's just get, you know, specific to Philly. How about that? We just saw Mr. Lutz. Um, I saw him in New York. I had the pleasure of uh, seeing him again recently in Baltimore. And he's from Philly. So, you know, I come home and I pop open my laptop and what do I see? Philadelphia pulls not five, not 10, not 20, not 30, not 50, 72 of these motherfuckers, 72 officers off the streets amid probe into racist social media posts. Now, it is no secret that many of our finest institutions obviously were set up during a time where racism was prevalent, right? We understand, we're all aware of the fact that racism is still very real, very prevalent. People have their views. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Cool. It is what it is. The fact that 72 Philadelphia police officers have to be placed on desk duty because these dumb motherfuckers can't stay off the internet to make fun and threaten people for their race, their religion, their sexual orientation... Um, who the fuck is the HR for the Philadelphia police department is what I want to know. They should be on some sort of administrative leave. I mean, again, five, 10 bad apples in a department of, you know, whatever, however many people, but 72. And that's just the ones that they were able to identify, um, online. This is all from Facebook posts and social media posts. Um, just disgusting stuff, man. I'll put, I'll put a link up to the article, but really disgusting and disturbing stuff. I hate to do this once a month or twice a month where we point out bad police behavior, but you've said it before, Nick, and you're absolutely right. You know, that argument about, you know, bad apples and it's just one bad apple. And, you know, I don't see the good apples speaking out against this. You know, the chief came out and and he made some statements and immediately the police union criticized him for it saying, you know, how can you talk about suspending people when you haven't even done the investigation? It's, it's beyond me. Um, It's beyond me how stupid these fucking people are. It it upsets me. It has no place in a society where we're paying these people to supposedly patrol the streets. Um, This is taxpayer money, taxpayer funded racism, sexism. Well, bet
1: bad apples spoil the whole bunch, Gerardo. And right now the whole lot of the police is spoiled. Uh, I'll say the bad apple thing again. you got to throw the bad apple in the fucking trash. And if you don't, you keep them in the bunch and then all the other apples sour. And that's sort of where we are with the, the state of policing in the United States at all levels from municipalities, local town police to county sheriff's departments, all the way up to, um, state, state patrol. Um, it it, it it really made a turn after the uh, 2001 attacks when the when the Patriot Act was passed and we started giving these C students with chips on their shoulders uh, military-grade toys to play with and we started um, training larger and larger percentages of them as SWAT members, making them think they were uh, more badass than they uh, were or should be. Um, it continued when we started using very violent training videos to attract people to become our police, um, uh, talking about videos, you know, showing cops breaking down doors with battering rams or driving armored vehicles through houses. That's not how you recruit local police. That's not what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. That's not what you should want to do on a day-to-day basis. That's and yet we've point.
0: been that would we've,
1: ingra- we've ingrained this in, in, in the American police for the, for the past 15 years. I've talked and I've written before about all these issues I've talked and I've written about how we don't hire smart people to be police, how they put a, uh, an intelligence cap on them. There was, I forget what state it was, but there was a gentleman who sued because he was told he was too smart to become a police officer and he did not win his, uh, legal case. And so all those factors combined, right? Not the smartest dudes on the block chips on your shoulder. Um, overamped weapons, overamped training, using SWAT to respond to things too much. It just gets them, they're all amped up. They're looking for something to do, man. They want to shake you down. They want to put your knee in your back. And it really shouldn't be that way, man. It's the United States of America. You are civil servants. I pay for your salary. My fellow citizens pay for your salary. You shouldn't want to be roughing us up like that. The, the whole institution has to change and it will.
0: I hope it happens sooner rather than later. Two more points, uh, three more points, actually. The first is, following the publication, you know, this investigation wasn't led internally, obviously. It never is, right? It was led by... Uh, a journalist, uh, a group of journalists that, that you know, researched this for, for years and, and were able to put this list together and all this proof. So the fact that it was out there in the open in the public and nobody ever bothered to mention it kind of disgusts me as well. But following the publication of the Philadelphia group of cops, um, <laughs> St. Louis's top prosecutor added 22 names to a list of officers in the city who aren't allowed to bring cases to her office because of how fucked up they were think about that for a second in a major city in america there's a list double digits of cops who are being paid by taxpayers that are so corrupt crooked and disgusting that they're not even allowed to bring a case to the office that's the one point i wanted to make the other point i want to make is if 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 you want to see an excellent excellent movie by one of my favorite directors ava um, who, who did A Wrinkle in Time, she's got a documentary called When They See Us about they were referred to as the Central Park Five. It really does a phenomenal job of highlighting the corruption from the prosecutor's department all the way to the police department and all the way to the correctional officers that work a lot of our prisons. Again, no, they're not all bad, but we need a Me Too movement for police brutality and, and, and misconduct and this type of stuff because again you're doing it with our tax money it's bullshit
1: there was an nfl quarterback who tried to kickstart that movement and you'll recall that he was blackballed by the entire nfl so it's easier it's tougher tougher to do than than one would imagine
0: agreed all right that was my rant (laughs) i'm happy about the markets we're gonna make a lot of money that's great i plan on being able to use some of that money to hopefully affect change. Even if it's on a small local level, we need good cops. Um, again, you know, I come from a town in Mexico, um, in Sacatecas, Mexico, where I have seen firsthand many, many times and have had friends and, and acquaintances killed and murdered and tortured and kidnapped and all of that. I know what it looks like. Um, when there is no rule of law and no law enforcement to enforce safety but we need to do a much better job in this country. So this isn't an anti-cop rant. It's anti-corruption. It's anti-misconduct. It's anti-racism. It's anti-everything that shouldn't fucking be happening out there.
1: Well, 100%. And and just to go back to that Philly thing, um, you know, those were racist comments online. Do you think for one second those uh, intentions and those thoughts that were behind those comments weren't, uh, parlayed into real actions when those gentlemen responded to calls that involved the minorities they were uh, speaking racially against online come on I got a bridge to sell you
0: agreed agreed what's on your mind Nick that was my rant I had to get that one out I joked that this is cheaper than therapy and we do it every Friday and I absolutely uh, am thankful for the opportunity to get things off my chest with you what do you have going on
1: I wanted to talk just briefly about uh, this Oberlin College thing. Did you happen to ca- did you happen to catch that story? Because it's sort of like, um, you know, we talk about racism, which we just did, and we talk about the cops, and we talk about real problems. But then there's also like the fake outrage, right? And it's the it's the fake outrage at the fake issues that that's also a problem because we got real fucking shit to deal with, right? So, in Oberlin College, there was these minority students that. Uh, bakery uh, accused of shoplifting items and um the oberlin college students i don't know if you know about oberlin college it's a it's a highly uh liberal university used to be an all-girls school it's where hillary clinton went to school i believe i could be wrong and some other prominent female politicians but anyway uh, very very liberal and so the students took it upon themselves to start protesting this store as racist um set up shop outside held signs, the shop lost business, it, it lost esteem in the community because it was deemed racist, etc, etc. Um, here's the conclusion. The kids actually fucking stole shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's That's pretty much it. So um, the kids pleaded guilty to actually stealing stuff. The bakery said, oh, yeah, Oberlin, you like the protest outside? We're going to hit you with a lawsuit Good. for def- defamation, et cetera, was awarded. This bakery was awarded over $30 million in damages um, because the Oberlin kids were so fake outraged at, at, at an event that they knew nothing about and were wrong about that they went down there and started protesting. And really, really really this is the best part the evidence that came out in the court case about the oberlin um let's call it college community were just salacious apparently these kids who come from wealthy oftentimes white families might have had themselves bought into college who knows um (laughs) the cherry on top
0: for these little assholes (laughs)
1: They are kleptomaniacs. Apparently, these kids are stealing from like all kinds of uh, businesses in the in the Oberlin community. And it's like a known issue that these rich white kids are huge shoplifters. So, hey, fuck you, Oberlin kids.
0: Fuck you, Oberlin kids is right. Um, the money is well deserved because, again, context matters. This wasn't a local bakery that popped up five years ago. This is a bakery that was started in 1885, 1885, and all it took was a bunch of little assholes to come in, make some stuff up, and tarnish the reputation of what, for over 130 years, had been an institution, right?
1: Yeah, we got real issues, and that's sort of the point here. Let's focus on the real stuff and not this made-up social justice warrior bull fucking shit.
0: Agreed. Agreed. You want to talk uranium or you have anything else in mind?
1: Um, no. Let's talk Let's talk uranium. Actually, I want to tell you about the succulents real quick because it's oh, been on the list for a couple of weeks. Been. It has been. And, for for and all, you, a-
0: all you people listening out there, me and Nick make a list like an hour and a half before we actually get to the podcast and just put whatever ideas we have top of mind on the list. And then we just kind of freestyle it and talk about it. So if you're looking for serious due diligence, you might get it on the market stuff because we do that live, breathe it all day, all night. But if you're looking for uh, you know the most factual opinions on all things social and political. We might not be your source uh to go to when it comes to that stuff. However, with that being said, Nick does provide the intellect, so I'll let him uh take the stage.
1: Caveat emptor.
0: <laughs> by the um, way, Nick.
1: So uh, let me start by talking about the Instagram culture and how everything that we do must be documented for likes and do it for myself. the gram,
0: baby. You gotta do it for the gram. That-
1: Got to do it. Got to smile. Got to post it. Got to share it. Got to hashtag it. We all do it.
0: Instagram, um, in- the new back page. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's funny.
0: But I digress. Continue.
1: We'll talk about legalized prostitution another day, Gerardo.
0: Okay. All right. I'll wait.
1: <laughs> um, so uh, I guess in some Asian nations, there are these succulent plants. You know what a succulent plant is? Your mom had them on her kitchen counter. Yep. Um that are getting really popular in certain Asian countries. And certain plants only grow in certain areas. Well, this one that happens to grow in the Western United uh, States is so sought after that people are paying like 50 or 100 bucks per plant so they can get a picture of it in their house and put it on their Instagram feed. That's the background here. But Mm -hmm. the story is that this created such a vast market for these succulents that we have people raiding our state and federal parks and even private lands in the western U.S. to harvest these succulents. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, the California Department of Fish and Wildlife started following around some people that they thought were doing uh, some of these weird activities because they were going into all these state parks but they weren't bringing like walking sticks and a bathing suit they were going in with like a bunch of empty bags right <laughs> and then like, coming out with not empty bags full bags so they got stopped by the California Department of Fish and Wildlife um, and so far just in the past couple of weeks they've busted people with over thirty-five hundred stolen succulents so they're going into our they're going into our state and federal parks they're harvesting digging up these succulents or cutting them off or whatever putting them in banks and smuggling them back into asia to sell for whatever the price was i just said 50 or 100 bucks a plant and no really point to make there except to say that you know life and and capitalism finds a way you want to pay 100 bucks for a plant in asia we will find you a plant to buy
0: madness (laughs) <laughs> Madness again, fear and greed, right? The theme of this podcast this go around. It's fear and greed, people. It's you know whether it's plants or Bitcoin, gold stocks, you name it. Those are the two you know polarizing um, uh, emotions that 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 tend to drive markets, that tend to drive human behavior in large part, and um, it even applies to succulent plants.
1: I, I just I but I've read the story I was you never even think of something like that but it was just so fascinating to me and so if you want me to I'll just keep going with the fear and greed and we could talk uranium real quick um some, some uranium companies and hopefully the government are a little fearful that we are too reliant on foreign sources of uranium, uh, to put in our reactors that supply 15 to 20% of our electricity and, uh, two thirds of our carbon free electricity, which is going to be important for those life cycle emissions we talked about earlier, yep. uh, but that's, that's a whole nother story. Yep. Uh, uh and so we've talked about this before. So just very quickly, because it's coming up by the end of the second week of July, uh, the president is supposed to make a decision on the Section 232 report that came out of Commerce Department um, that was filed by two companies, UR Energy and Energy Fuels, to make some sort of decision about how to remedy what's going on there. No one knows what the outcome is going to be.
0: Though there There's, are whispers, and we'll talk about that in a second.
1: That. That's right. Uh, bulls, of course, and, and people that we know in energy fuels, and, and this is public information, energy fuels. has put a little slide deck together about it. Um, and we've talked about the potential outcomes. There could be uh, a quota or a minimum price floor or a ban by certain countries or an exception uh, for countries that are friendly to us like Canada. but. Um, the bottom line is that it just all feels very Trumpy, right? He can create American energy, he can create American jobs, uh, he can uh, help secure uh, a stable baseload clean energy source that is that is fueled domestically. And so, um, just like the writing is on the wall for the other things we talked about, the writing is seemingly on the wall for uranium as as well, because. You know uranium at 24 25 a pound or it's been stuck for a while has caused u.s uranium production to fall to all-time lows uh, i probably sound like a broken record but we only produce enough uranium for one nuclear power plant we have 99 of them in the united states so we're like something like 96 or 97 percent reliant on um Non-U.S. sources of uranium, and so something has to change. The greed part comes in. If you think back to 2007, when when Cigar Lake flooded and what happened to uranium, uh, it's the same thing like with gold and Bitcoin, right? All of a sudden, your uranium doubles to fifty dollars a pound, and and John Q. Retail public is saying, "Hey, I should probably buy some uranium stocks, right?" And so, uh, fission uranium that's been stuck at forty cents is suddenly ninety cents, and then a dollar fifty, and people are thinking it's good buys at two dollars, and um. It's just widely thought and, 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 and maybe too widely thought, that's a whole other discussion I guess, that this, this 232 could be the catalyst or the kickoff or the nudge that the uranium sector has needed for a while.
0: And here, is the, here are the news reports that are coming out today. And this is all kind of moving fast because it just happened this morning. So apparently uh, an anonymous source within the administration, not authorized to leak the information, but of course, wink, wink, nod, nod, leaked the information, um, is stating that the DOC has recommended that the White House move to protect the domestic uranium mining industry by initially requiring U.S. utilities to reserve of the reactor requirements for material produced in the U S escalating by an additional 5% a year. Moving forward, they don't state for how many years. And that obviously will be important. However, if this is indeed the recommendation that ends up becoming policy, it would absolutely favorite, the, uh, the 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 U.S.-based producers and companies that can ramp up quickly, such as Energy Fuels, Your Energy, UEC has some attractive assets, Azarga Uranium has some attractive assets. So those are companies, everybody. We won't do stocks of the week, but there's four names for free from two people that do this all day for a living um that you can go do due diligence on and see if if any of that meets uh, your speculative speculative criteria so i'll leave that there it'll be interesting to see which way it goes but i have to believe that the trumpster who likes you know who likes the attention who likes the make america great and america first slogans and you know tends to kind of uh i was gonna say dictate <laughs> govern that way, um, you know, you, you got to believe that he's going to he's gonna be uh, U.S. positive on, on the recommendation. And so if, if this is indeed the case, it'll be positive for those four companies that I just mentioned.
1: He wants the best fuel, the greatest fuel. We've got the greatest uranium here. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. It's the best uranium.
0: It's Bigly. It's Bigly fuel.
1: Nobody's we Bigly- ever seen
0: fuel this clean. <laughs> when you see this That's fuel, the- you want to take a shower and it. it's so clean. i hope so that's all i got guys i'm not going to be able to top the trump impression so anything else nick on your end
1: no let's get off the line i
0: like it folks thank you for hanging out this was episode 24 of bizarro world love each other be nice don't be racist if you are keep it to yourself take care of each other go give someone a hug do something nice for someone have a great week everybody
1: see ya